Pac-12 football recruiting is absolutely crazy. I mean, it is bonkers right now. Getting you up to speed on what's going down. UCLA, Deion Sanders, and so much more. Let's go. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions. Continue, please, and thank you. Do like, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch this show. Also appreciate those five-star views on Apple Podcasts and appreciate John Garcia Jr., our recruiting insider here at the Locked On Podcast Network, for joining us here on today's show with a great shirt. Might I add, repping. We're always we're always repping out here. No, we did not plan that. For those of you listening, we have the exact same shirt on, which they're just mighty comfortable. There's just no other way to to go about it. But um, covering yeah, send some more locked on. <laughs> yeah, give us as many as you'd like. Uh, we'll continue to wear them. But uh, less comfortable, John, are the situations in the quarterback position for some Pac-12 teams, and uh, we're certainly going to get get into to all of that here on the show today. But I want to start with that man, Deion Sanders, because he's starting to he's starting to get things going. Now he's done at Jackson State. He's all, you know, full time at, at Colorado. What is the latest you're hearing on that front? Like where can Colorado's recruiting class go? Well, look, uh, like you said, not only is he done at Jackson State, but a lot of great players are done at Jackson State, including Travis Hunter, who is officially finally as expected in the transfer portal. And of course, Colorado will be chief among the programs in the mix for him. There are going to be some others. Again, former number one player in the country, could play receiver or DB, played both at Jackson State. Uh, and Dion was really credited with, with this pull, right? This was the shocking National Signing Day flip last year. And now uh, uh, Hunter's in the portal with three years of eligibility. But portal aside, Dion's cooking at Colorado. I mean, I think it's it's pretty clear that it's going to be a, a huge talent upgrade. And very quickly, we've seen them do it in the portal already, which was was probably the short end of the to be expected. But we're continuing to see more commitments at the high school level. Level Dylan Edwards is is still the headliner. I think four or five kids have jumped on board publicly uh, since Dion took over, but this past weekend was really the biggest official visit weekend, right? Former Nebraska commitment, Malachi Coleman, one of the fastest receivers in the country was on campus. Uh, Isaiah Jada, former South Carolina O-line commitment, uh, visited Auburn last week. Everyone thought he was going to jump on board to the Tigers, but then took a detour to visit Colorado. Can they stay in the mix? Uh, they also hosted Vakari Swain, a South Carolina commitment, a current South Carolina commitment. So, the flip potential for Deion Sanders is going to be very strong here down the stretch. Uh, they've gotten big time recruits on campus. I think every recruit who took an official visit the weekend prior has already committed to Colorado. So kids that get the FaceTime with Dion and, and this coaching staff are jumping on board. Now that he is done with Jackson State officially, right after that, that bowl game on Saturday, now he can allot all of his time towards closing on signing day. So while it is a dead period and there can be no visits to Boulder, he can obviously hit the phones uh, and really go heavy over these next 48 hours between uh, now and when these kids officially come off the board 
come signing day. So expect a lot of Dion FaceTimes and a lot more movement to be made over the next couple of days. But the start has been sort of as expected. A lot of big names on campus, some tangible victories already, and more theoretically on the way. Speaking of tangible victories, uh, Coach Prime figures to have several more, as you were just talking about. But the biggest one is actually in one of those schools that has just one year remaining here in the Pac-12. UCLA flips the number two or one player in the country, depending on where you look, in Dante Moore, five-star quarterback out of Detroit. He had been verbally committed to Oregon since July. And now, really late in the process, John, with National Signing Day happening tomorrow, I mean, it, it is tomorrow for the early window, and he flips on, it was Monday morning, I, I think it was, when the news officially dropped. What, what just happened here? How did this come about? Yeah, this, this, was, this is a bit of an upset, if I'd have to project. You know, going into the nitty-gritty, right? Going into crunch time, um, you know, post-holiday, post-Thanksgiving recruiting, when everybody's on the road and all these seasons are done or winding down, there was really not a lot of UCLA buzz for Dante Moore. And then he took an official visit out of nowhere that second weekend, uh, the weekend of December 9th, took the trip out to UCLA and it became apparent, okay, hey, this is going to be a thing. This is something to at least track. But even when he was in LA, the, the alarms in the recruiting world weren't on 10 just yet it was like hey keep an eye on it but let's see what else happens there was another weekend in between that visit and national signing day dante stayed at home dante stayed in detroit there was chatter about some other schools so that was viewed as a victory for oregon like hey he was interested took some other trips but he's home and things are fine but sunday afternoon i texted you spencer the alarms were starting to ring higher and higher and there was a bit of silence coming from Eugene, Oregon, which always tells us in recruiting something's about to go down. So it seems as if after the visit at UCLA, there was more momentum for Dante Moore making this flip. And you start to read into the possibilities as to why. And Dante has since confirmed this. Look, obviously, Kenny Dillingham leaving Oregon was a huge deal. That was that was the true lead recruiter in the sense of the phrase to Oregon, right? Had recruited him at previous stops have built that personal relationship really since Dante was a freshman or sophomore in high school. So that move obviously opened the door for everyone else. Secondly, UCLA revamped reputation under Chip Kelly, right? Not known as necessarily that recruiter, but you've got to adjust, right? It's a new day. You've got to hit the portal and he's done that part very well. And you've got to supplement it with high school recruiting. And now we think this could be the beginning with Dante as sort of the poster child, the beginning of, of Kelly's reemergence on the recruiting trail. There were a couple of little signs that he was picking things up earlier. They flipped the UC, uh, USC offensive line recruit. They were in it for some other big-time recruits. But obviously Dante is, is his really first big splash since, since his Oregon days from a recruiting standpoint. So I think that was a big factor. The development of Dorian Thompson-Robinson obviously cannot be um, understated here. Uh, this is something that obviously – resonates with Dante Moore at the quarterback position. DTR became a high-profile borderline Heisman candidate over his last two years at UCLA. He credits Chip Kelly with a lot of that. Naturally, Dante is going to be receptive of that in his own right. And then I think kind of the sleeper source or the sleeper reason, I should say, is the move to the Big Ten. He's a Detroit kid. He grew up before that in Ohio, right? So this is a kid who 
literally came up in Big Ten country. So the thought of playing for the high-profile L.A. team that has developed well and stabilized under Chip Kelly offensively back home against the Michigans and the Michigan States and the Ohio States of the world is something that has to be appealing towards Dante Moore. So I think all those things together, and let's not let's not uh, be ignorant to the LA NIL capabilities, the Caleb Williams impact in that city from a galvanizing and college football standpoint, all of that has to factor in as well as the theoretical open door, right? UCLA's um, eligibility for Dorian Thompson Robinson is, is up. So there's an opportunity, and I know UCLA just took a transfer quarterback, but there's an opportunity for Dante to be the guy day one. Again, circling back to that Caleb Williams impact. So now this could become sort of a crosstown deal with two very galvanizing and, and already famous quarterbacks by the time they, they got to their school. So a lot of interesting factors for UCLA. It's an ambitious get on, on both sides of, of the equation, in my opinion. But Dante, even picking Oregon in the summer before Dan Lanning coached his first game, has showed some of that willingness to not only bet on himself, but bet on a program that appears to be trending up as opposed to one that is maybe already there. So this is a huge deal for UCLA, for the Pac-12, eventually for the Big Ten uh, to win a recruiting battle like this. And again, this is probably Kelly's biggest recruiting splash since the Oregon D'Anthony Thomas days, which is saying a lot on, on both ends of the spectrum. Well, all these openings on on rosters that are formed because of you know quarterbacks being here, players going here, players going there, might have you thinking about the openings at your small business. If you want to find the best qualified candidates available, you have got to check out LinkedIn Jobs because every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be one hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs a number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn Jobs is the official recruiting sponsor here at the Locked On Podcast Network. John, something else that has to come into that Dante Moore conversation is the news that Oregon fans got on Sunday evening or afternoon, whenever exactly it was. And that's that Bo Nix is returning. And UCLA did add someone out of the portal. And that's Colin Schley, who comes from Kent State, group of five school, but he grades as a four-star transfer. So a guy who at the very least is thinking he will compete for that job. That seemed to indicate that uh, maybe he will stick with Oregon because he's going to sit behind someone either way. But if you're looking at Bo Nix and the season he just had and the relationship he has with Dan Lanning and Colin Schley, who hasn't yet you know, taken a snap for, for UCLA, I think if you're Dante Moore and thinking about the prospects of how am I going to be able to play sooner in my career, I think if you're going between Oregon and UCLA, which is apparently what it came down to, you take your chances with Colin Schley over Bo Nix, which is not a shot at, at Schley. I'll be honest, I haven't really seen him play hardly at all, but Bo Nix is a higher caliber player, and that's going to be tougher to get playing time in year one. No doubt. I mean, I think I don't have the numbers in front of me, Spencer, but does Bo have the most starts of any quarterback coming back into college football in, in 23? He's got to be very close. He has to be really, he has to be really close. Yeah, him, Michael Penix. 
Uh, there's a small group, right? Spencer Sanders. It's a small group uh, of quarterbacks. The point being that, yeah, uh, when when Oregon was at its best, Bo Nix was truly the catalyst as to why. So, yeah, him returning, I do think, even though Dante won't admit, that has to factor in, right? Because all along in this process, especially when Oregon was at its peak, I'm sure the conversations around Dante's camp were, hey, you're going to have a, a shot to go in and compete day one. Uh, any freshman with those those types of, of ambitious requests knows he's going to deal with upperclassmen, knows he's going to deal with other players in that quarterback room. But it hits different when it's a, a fifth-year returning starter, returning dynamic dual threat, um, which presents something beyond the experience that Dante really doesn't. Dante can move, but he's not that dynamic dual threat that a Bo Nix or even a DTR is uh, at the same stage. So naturally, I do think that factored into some of the reasons why Dante made this flip, uh, something that, again, you could tell was pulling at him. You could tell this was a back and forth deal because uh, otherwise I think the decision would have come in sooner, almost as a courtesy to Oregon. You know, Dante is a very calculated kid. This 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 decision coming so late in the cycle, I think, tells you how close it really was. And he still gives Oregon a little bit of leeway, just a couple of days to, to try to right the ship from a quarterbacking perspective. But of course, Bo Nix's return is, is bigger than any recruiting win at the position, at least for next year that Oregon was going to have. But there's no doubt that all these portal situations, especially at quarterback, affect recruiting as much or more than it could possibly at any other position. I think for UCLA now, they will likely see some names enter the portal if they haven't already at the quarterback position. I mean, Ethan Garbers is a guy who looked like he would be the next starter, but you bring in Schley, they were rumored to to be going after DJ Uyunglele. Now they get Dante Moore. Seems like from what I hear. So really? Yeah, that's still possible. We've seen a couple schools hit the portal for multiple QBs uh, in the past. Last year, I think uh, Auburn did it. LSU did it. uh, Nebraska did it. You know, you you bring in multiple QBs in the portal and let them kick off your battle kind of between each other. Uh, And then maybe another one departs in the spring, depending on how that shakes out. But as of Sunday, I did still hear a little bit of DJU to UCLA buzz just for what it's worth. That would be fascinating. Three quarterbacks added in a cycle who all, for different reasons, bring starting capabilities to to your team. I don't know if we if if we've seen that before, but it's a new era. John. It is craziness, hectic mayhem, and and all that sort of stuff out there. So you never know. But I, I do think within the Pac-12 potentially, Ethan Garbers could be a name to follow. I mean, in the limited backup action he saw, I, I thought he showed some signs of being solid. You know, Cal has got uh, Kai Milner over there, but, you know, is he a surefire thing? Probably not. And, of course, they had a lot of success with his older brother, uh, Chase Garbers. Oregon State's on the market for, for a transfer quarterback. Arizona State is in the market. For for a quarterback right now with Emory Jones, uh, you know, going go back into into the transfer portal, so that that's that's an interesting one to to follow for sure. But uh, another fascinating quarterback situation, John, exists up in in Seattle with the Washington Huskies, and they, they too lost their 2023 quarterback commit, just like Oregon, when their veteran, experienced, highly productive starter announced he was going to return and you know that that guy is going to be the starting quarterback so michael Penix is back up there 
Sam Heward as of today, which is Monday, December 19th, as we record this, is still on the roster. We'll see if that lasts into you know the end of the first transfer portal window, which ends on December 18th. Then there's a second window that opens in the spring. Still a lot of time, and, and you don't know exactly who's going to be on, on your roster ahead of the 2023 season there. But Washington is also looking for a 2023 quarterback because they've got just, you know, I, I can't remember if Dylan Morris is still on the roster, but they don't have a young guy other than Sam Heward whose future is murky. So now on on the high school recruiting front, John, where does Washington go at the quarterback position? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think the timing obviously is, is tough, right? Lincoln Keenholz decommits from Washington, flips to Ohio State. Washington, just before that, was clearly aware of Lincoln's situation because they had just offered Sam Levitt right before Keenholz made that flip to Ohio State. But Levitt has since come off the board to Michigan State uh, in a flip of his own right, a Wazoo quarterback commitment who flips over to Michigan State. So, yeah, both programs in the state of Washington are, are a little bit uh, left in the dark to a degree before signing day. So I think it's tough. Obviously, the, the dead period is here. So you can't host any other recruits. Most of these programs, Washington especially, haven't hosted other quarterbacks since the summer, right? Outside of Keenholz, uh, quarterbacks hadn't been to Washington officially in this class of 23 since the summer months. So very hard to circle back uh, on recruits. Now, again, signing day is, isn't until Wednesday, 7 a.m. Eastern time. Letters can start to come in. The, fir the first sign the first signing day isn't right. until for, Wednesday. For the, the second one is February. Right. But, you know, 80% plus of recruits are going to sign in December. So this really is the de facto signing day. So phone calls will be made uh, from Washington's camp, from Washington State's camp, maybe from Oregon's camp as well, just to see if there's an opportunity. Uh, look, this is a great quarterback class, the class of 23, a lot of West Coasters in that group uh, among the best quarterbacks. So, so maybe you circle back hoping that the on-field product helps you sell something late in the game, but most likely the combination of the transfer portal or that traditional signing day in February is where some of these schools are going to address the roster depth or the quarterback depth questions that they still have going into signing day. And that's just kind of a sign of the times. These things change very quickly and the rebounds aren't as swift as you would um, hope they could be. Uh, so that, that's why it's a year-to-year -year deal. Every single position is is as fluid as it's ever been, uh, but obviously the quarterback position gets a little bit more attention. So you've always got to be focused on talent acquisition, even if you feel good about the current guy. And just like all of those schools do feel good about 23 you got to plan for beyond that uh, basically every day. So that will be fascinating to see how these schools recover because obviously there's a, a pretty nice offensive product to sell between them. Yeah, and it's an interesting balance that, that coaching staffs now have to strike. Portal, high school, one year, next year. There's always been that, but it feels like with the ability to reshape your roster in one offseason with the portal, you can, you know, justify perhaps focusing more on the here and now rather than always 
looking to the future. But you should always be thinking about your future when you think about getting behind the wheel. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? Yes, indeed, it is. That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI, which is not something you want. If you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Play it safe. Bottom line, if you feel different, you drive different different and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. This message paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. So John, let's close up with that delicate balance that we were alluding to, and that's Portal High School. Is there now a greater emphasis you think placed on the portal than high school? Or is it still high school over portal and the percentage of importance just changed? Like maybe before it was 80-20, but now it's more like 60-40. Let's keep it specifically at the quarterback position. Is that something that coaching staffs do individually or is there a you know kind of uniform collective mindset here? I think it's a little bit more individual, but there's no doubt that the percentage of the portal emphasis is growing. No matter if you're at the top of the mountain in college football or trying to get there, that fluidity has shaken up the sport. I mean, I, I think I saw a stat where like four of the last six Heisman winners were transfer quarterbacks. Um, it, it just is the new reality in college football. So the portal, the one-time transfer rule, the COVID year, all these things have accelerated that part of, of the process and, and player mobility is as free and wide open as it's ever been. And the NCAA at the same time seems to be granting additional waivers to other prospects that are in some unique situations. So that it used to be, you're going to yeah, have to J- yeah, so, tra- hold, Sorry to cut you off, but JT Daniels is transferring for like the, li- literally, I think it's the fifth time. Right. He's, he's USC, Georgia, Western fourth, fourth he's going to be his fourth different school. And it's like, we'll, like like what like what like what is happening it's 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 crazy it's it's really really crazy right and and there used to be this thought of not only do you have to sit out if you hit the if you transfer sit out an entire year but anything beyond that you're gonna have to fight with the ncaa to have some some waivers granted now it's like everybody gets a waiver i mean it's, it's totally flipped in a matter of of five years so yeah i think everybody's got to be more aware of the transfer portal and at least inquire about it you know a school like notre dame or clemson really doesn't utilize it much but there's also a sense that as long as that continues they're going to start to fall behind from a roster management standpoint it it is truly an adjust or an adapt or die type of scenario because even those schools are losing players to the portal and that used to not be a thing so at every position it's it's going to be more scrutinized and obviously quarterback is where that conversation has to begin And, and just look at this year a lot of quarter, uh, quarterbacks in the portal have made their decisions already, but there's still a boatload of very interesting arms that are available, and, and they're going to shake up how we feel about the 2023 season in, in short order. So they're they're making visits, um, and more more could enter the portal here going forward on top of that. So you have to be aware of it. You have to be willing and at least open to it. But, yeah, some schools really do view it, I would say, 50-50 from the portal to high school, because you also have to factor in 
not only do these portal players have experience more times than not, they just help you win a little bit sooner. And the window to win when you're hired as a coach, even in year one and year two, those expectations are higher than they've ever been. And we're seeing coaches getting fired after year one or two at a program in the power five. That used to not happen. You used to get, okay, wait till his guys are there, right? Wait till he can overhaul that roster. Now it's like, no, you've, you've got all the tools to overhaul it in year one or year two. So by the end of year two, if you haven't shown signs of progression, you're out the door. And, and that used to not be a thing. So that fluidity has both opened the door for quick turnarounds, but also shortened the time allotted to make said turnaround. So you got to at least try to utilize the portal or you unfortunately will get left behind in, in this modern era of college ball. It's also increased the amount of money paid out in uh, dead salaries to uh, to coaches who are relieved of their duties. It's a, it's a lucrative business to get fired as a college football coach. I think it's actually like one of the five highest earning industries in uh, in. <laughs> In the United States, I read that on Forbes recently. It's I, I believe, yeah. which how is totally be? a magazine. Yeah, yeah. How how could it not? All this without John Garcia, locked on recruiting insider. John, appreciate you making the time. Good to have you on as always. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Spencer. I appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time, and as always, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.